Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So I'm going to start off today. We're still in the classics. Um, I spoke to Valeria this morning, and we're talking about next month's series. I'm really feeling led to continue the classics. I've never done that for two months. I feel there's so much in there that we can learn from. The classics are Bible stories. Somebody say Bible stories. That's it. But there's so much we can learn from them. They're written for our inspiration, for our correction. Some of the things in there rebuke us. Some of the things inspire us. Some of the things transform us. Some of the things give us hope. So today, as we can continue the classic series, the title of the message today is, You Are God's Family. By default, you should feel the love. I know we all have different backgrounds, but... You know, when you come from a home life of abuse, it's hard for you to even distinguish love sometimes, isn't it? And we've all been through abuse of different kinds. Everybody in here. If I can help you let your guard down a little bit this morning. I was raised in a pastor's home, raised in a solid home. Mom and dad taught us the word. They were real. They were the same people at home that they were at church. And somehow, and it wasn't by family members, by a next door neighbor, I was briefly sexually abused. Briefly, and it almost destroyed my life. So if you say, oh no, Pastor Matt, he's got it all together because he's bald. No, you weren't thinking that, right? I'm just making sure you're awake. Less hair products. I just saved a little money on hair products. I'm aerodynamic in the wind today. But stuff happened to me. You look at our family and say, man, God's hand has been on them. They're blessed. No stuff happened to me. I know. So if it happened to me, I know it happened to you too. I was raised in a very sheltered environment and stuff still happened. So sometimes we say, well, what is love? Or all women are the same or all men are the same. That's a big lie from Satan. The devil wants you to believe that if your dad or mom failed you, that God is that way. And that's the biggest lie of, the, of all of eternity. So I need to tell you today, I need to, need to remind you, God's love for you is special. And we're going to talk about the children of Israel while they were in Egypt but Scripture says that the covenant promises they were under in the Old Testament, they don't even compare to the covenant promises we have now as New Testament believers under Jesus. Our covenant is a better covenant. So I want you to relate to this story. And everything good about this story for God loving His people is you have it better now, believe it or not, because Jesus has already come. You are God's family if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior. And lucky for you, luck's not really a good thing to say, blessed for you, I don't know, the timing is right, you can accept Jesus today if you've never accepted him before. So let's get started with our story. Exodus chapter 1, you know what, I'm going to skip down to verse 6. So Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, had 12 kiddos, right? 12 plus. The 12 tribes of Israel came from there, and they came to Israel. They were 70 folks, all right? Eventually, they kept multiplying, but they passed away. That generation passed away. So here we are, verse 6. Joseph had been the prime minister of Egypt under the Pharaoh. Now look at this one. It says, in time, Joseph and all of his brothers died, ending that entire generation. Somebody say ending. How many of you know you need an ending to start a new beginning? Somebody needs to get that revelation this morning. Hear me out. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children 
and grandchildren, right? Like Hispanics. They don't die, they multiply. You say, man, you're making fun of me, Mateo. No, sabe que yo soy hispano también, no se preocupe. I'm Hispanic as well, even though it's in a mixed package. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Praise God. Eventually, though, here's the issue. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. And he didn't care. You ever met someone like that who just didn't care? They don't care who your mama or your daddy was. They don't care. They're all, "Uh uh-huh, good, have a good day, bye. They don't care, right? So that's why you need God's favor. He said to his people, this is Pharaoh speaking, the king of Egypt at this time, Egypt was the most powerful nation in the world. He said, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. Okay. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to what? Build the cities of Python and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, this is powerful, get ready, the more the Egyptians oppressed the people of God, the Israelites, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. Right now is the time for the people of God to multiply, spread, and become strong. Because laws, they're trying to turn them against us now. Pretty soon, you, you realize that the days are coming. I don't know how soon. Don't get worried, but it's a fact. At some point, they're going to go, I didn't like your Facebook post. Uh, your, your credit card's been deactivated. Those days are coming. Those day, they're already talking about you can't get on a plane unless you're vaccinated. They can get that vaccination and give themselves 10 injections and, and hush, right? There's some things they're just not going to force us to do. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of things that we're going to agree to, but don't try to take us out of church and don't try to tell us how to worship in the United States of America. Freedom of worship means freedom of worship. Are you hearing me on the live stream and in person? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. You almost missed a good time to give God the praise. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shipra and Pua. Unforgettable names. Shipra and Pua. When you help the Hebrew children, or women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. Look at this awful order. Sounds, sounds like what's coming down from Santa Fe now, isn't it? Almost. Not exactly, but late-term abortions. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. The thinking of the Egyptians was probably, we're going to weaken them, weaken them, and then to the point where they can't multiply, and then they're going to die out, and we'll just have a bunch of female slaves. That's probably, I don't, I don't know, but that's the only thing I could think of. But because the midwives feared God, these were the at-home nurses, that's what a midwife is. They refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. Somebody say, thank God. Next verse. 
So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this, he demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? What a strange conversation. The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They were clever. These ladies knew how to answer. They're not like them. They are more vigorous, and they have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I wasn't there, but all right. That's a good story. It's, it's, it's plausible. I mean, somebody say, it could happen. Now, I've heard of ladies giving birth and, like, just go work. It's rare, but really, they're like, oh, I gave birth last week. I had to go to work this week, though. The boss put me on the schedule. I'm all, Wonder Woman, right? So, sorry, it just comes out. That wasn't planned. My witness in heaven hears me. So God was good to the midwives. And the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, this is awesome, he gave them families of their own. Then, see, Pharaoh couldn't work through the midwives. So he's like, I don't know if that's true or not about them being more vigorous or lively, but Pharaoh gave this order to all his people now. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. So now he gave an order to the people of his country, not just the people birthing them, the midwives. He spoke to everybody in their country. If you see a little Hebrew baby, you throw him into the river. You ever thought about that? Some of you have read this story before. That's crazy. That is genocide. There's always been racism, there's always been prejudice, there's always been hate and bitterness, but your job is not to be a political activist. Your job is to lead people to Jesus. It's to be a spiritual activist. Because you can make laws and regulations, and it doesn't help the condition of their heart. You say, you got to hire white folks. They'll just get dark-skinned people and paint them white. No, really, I'm telling you, that people will find ways around the rules you got to hire dark-skinned folks, and they have white people tanning. <laughs> Courtesy laugh, right? <laughs> no, really, though. At some point, I know there have to be things in position because folks are crazy. But number one, not everybody is racist. But number, number two, not everybody's a believer. There's a lot of prejudice out there. There's a difference. And there is racism. It exists. Black folks in this country have been mistreated before. Hispanic folks have been mistreated in this, for, in, in this country before. I was, you see my face? As a kid, I was mistreated because they thought I was all white. Yeah, by people of color. I saw racism. So don't talk to me about that. You need to worry about people's hearts and make sure they get right with God. That's what does stuff. Not pointing out and pointing, we need to do this and force this and do that. No, people need to walk in love. The only way to do that is if they have a heart change. Someone say a heart change. So at this point, look at this. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. Okay. So that's, that's a tough deal. So there's the story, and it's rough, isn't it? Genocide. What was the name of the country in 94? Was it Rwanda that had genocide? There were folks killing different races of people. They were trying to wipe them out completely. Y'all need to watch that movie. It's rough, but it'll give you perspective. It's called Hotel Rwanda. This was going on, though, thousands of years ago with God's people. And now you are God's people, aren't you? 
We have all colors represented in this place. You got folks with some Asian blood. We got Hispanic. You got, you got folks with, with roots in Africa. You got folks with roots in England. You got mixties. You got half skis. My grandpa used to say, um, he'd say matski. But you got half skis. You got, we're all mixed. Praise God. But we're all God's people. Someone say, we are God's people. Someone say, we are God's family. Uh-huh. God's dealing with some hearts this morning. I don't know where or how, but I'm just speaking it as it comes. So check this out now. We're at the end of chapter 2. I'm not going to read a bunch more verses. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died. I remember years ago, there was a guy that went to this church, and I said, I said, oh, he was talking about a lady he didn't like, and he was kind of proper. This was about 20-something years ago, and I said, is she still alive? He said, oh, no, she went on to be with the devil. Next. I mean, you don't, does he know that? <laughs> but maybe the king of Egypt went to be with the devil, but he died. The Israelites continued to groan, though, under their burden of slavery. Now watch and listen carefully. They cried out for help, and their cry, praise God, rose up to who? Rose up to God. God heard their groaning. He hears you. He knows what's going on. And he remembered his covenant promise. He hasn't forgotten. To Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel. And he knew it was time to act. Let's go to Psalm 34, 17. And remember, keep this in mind. You are under a better covenant with better promises. That's what the New Testament says. You as a believer, you are under a better covenant. Someone say better covenant with better promises. Say better promises. Excellent. Y'all are the best students. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. Hmm. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help, and he rescues them from all their troubles. Point one today. I want you to see that on the screens. Look at that. Don't you ever forget that. Don't you ever forget that. Two words. God hears. Scripture says there was a lady named Hagar in the book of Genesis. And poor sweet lady, she kinda, she's kind of notorious in the Bible because she was not the wife of promise. Scripture says, now look how weird this is. Men and women, listen carefully to this. I'm going to paint a picture for you. It's true, but maybe in a light that you've never looked at it before. Abraham and Sarah couldn't have kids, right? God promised them they'd have children. They got a desperate. Sarah said, I need some babies. She's getting older. So can you imagine? Abraham's wife goes, I'm going to give you my handmaiden. She's younger than me. Have a baby with her. Are y'all seeing a problem with that? Anybody? You still here? Not at our house. Can you imagine? Oh, we have an extra lady running around the house. I'm a, your wife tells you, I'm going to give you her as a wife. Here's where I think Abraham messed up. He agreed. He never should have agreed to that. I blame him. I don't blame oh, Sarah did this. I blame Abraham. He should have never done that. God did not tell him to do that. Take you a young Egyptian wife. No thanks. 
So even Hagar, though, notorious as she is, poor thing, at some point she gets kicked out and roams in the desert, right? And she said, you are the God who hears me. I think it's Be'er Lahai Rohi. I don't think I can pronounce that ever again in my whole life. But the God who hears. She was a nobody, supposedly. And God sent an angel to her and said, hey, you're going to be all right. You and your son are going to be all right. Basically, because of my promise to Abraham, they did all this without me. I'm just saying what God was thinking, probably. They did all this without me and without my blessing, but because that's Abraham's son, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to take care of him. His name was Ishmael. He is the father of the Arabic folks of the world. Those are, who are uh, Arab descendants, that's Ishmael. And because of their mistake, they're, they're half-brothers to the Israelis, and those folks have been at war ever since. Look into history. But God took care of Hagar, and she said, He is the God who hears me. Isn't that crazy? At one point, she said, He's the God who sees me. That's powerful. So God hears. We know He hears. And people, they, maybe you did it this week. Don't raise your hands. Do not raise your hands. Are you with me? It happens in church all the time where there's somebody who's not really listening, and then I ask a weird question, and they're all, you know, how many of you did drugs this week? Someone goes, you know, no, 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 not here. Put away your cameras. Don't get a picture of that, right? No, don't. thank you for your honesty. No, I, I didn't know. But think about it. Do not raise your hands, I repeat. Do you think possibly you prayed a prayer this week that wasn't according to God's will? Maybe. Y'all got quiet. Y'all did good. A plus. Huh? You know when people heard you, but they're trying to figure out how they're going to answer? Hey, why weren't you at church Sunday, huh? Barry used to say it's because they're about to lie. They're thinking of what they can tell you, huh? Oh, there was church Sunday? My point is God hears you, but he really hears you when you pray according to his will and you cry out to him according to his will. Scripture says if we pray according to his will in the New Testament, he hears us. So God hears, all right? He heard his people. He heard them, all right? He heard. Someone say, God hears. That's right. Praise God. Let's go to point two today. You need to remember this because God remembers. He has not forgotten you. I told someone, was it yesterday or the day before? I don't remember, but I told them, yeah, you know what? I just want to tell the IRS, please remove me from your mailing list. <laughs> right? Hi, I don't want to receive any more notifications from you. It doesn't work that way. If they know how to find you and they remember, then God, God remembers, right? God remembers. He remembers his promises. He remembers his people. He remembers his covenant. He remembers. It's powerful. In Scripture, it's been moving me for years now, and it really hit me for this sermon. I was looking it up this morning. In Scripture, over and over, that God, it's, it says that God remembered. God remembered. Scripture says God remembered Noah when he was in the ark. God remembered him. He had a plan and purpose. He's not going to forget about you. Scripture says God remembered Abraham and Sarah, remember? God told Sarah after she laughed, remember, God showed up at their house. Y'all remember that? 
God and two angels, wow. Showed up at your house. You're cooking for him. And he says, you know, y'all are going to have a son. And then Sarah laughed. <laughs> how am I going to, you know, how, 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 is, how is God going to give my husband a child through me? I mean, she's, she's just about 90 at that point. And then God, you know, just be just like God to call you out and go, why did you laugh? You read the story? Why did you laugh? And what do people, what do humans do? They lie. I didn't laugh. And God said, oh, yeah, you did laugh. But I remind you, at this time next year, according to the time of life, I will visit you. And you'll have a son. Why? Because God remembers. Some of you, I don't know who I'm speaking to. Some of you were raised going to church. Some of you had a grandma who prayed for you. Some of you haven't tried very hard with the things of God. That's between you and your creator. But I'm going to tell you right now, God remembers you and he remembers the promises he made to you. Even if you don't. God remembers. And nothing can change his mind about you. He remembered Abraham. He remembered the people of Israel. But then it's crazy because humans forget. Other verses say they, did, they no longer remembered the Lord their God. Say, did they forget about him? Well, their actions said they did, right? But God's actions have always shown us that he remembers. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't have a memory like God. I don't. I have a good memory. But I'm always surprised about the things that I forget. Civil War, 1861 to 1865. World War I, 1914 to 1918. Just uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and they, they demolished the temple, 586 B.C. Great! Wonderful! But sometimes my wife tells me stuff and I forget. And we ain't going to get back into point one about hearing, right? For men? Did you hear me? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I heard you. But remembering. No, there's I'm telling you right now. 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. All these things, all these memories we have. You have tons of memories. You say, I don't have a good memory. You remember thousands of things. But I'm always shocked with the things that I forget. But I am encouraged to remember. And I'm encouraged to know that God always remembers. We're so blessed because you know the only thing he forgets? Scripture says, at some point when you repent, he says, I will remember your sins no more. Only God could say, I'm blocking that out forever. I'm never bringing it up. You brought it up, that's you. You brought it up, that's you. You're bringing up your sin, that's you. That's not me, that's you. But I will remember my promises to you. I'll take care of it. He told Sarah, I'll see you again in a year. You may not see me, but I will visit you again. God remembers. Let's go on to number three now. How many of you know, according to that verse, remember, God hears, God remembers. Scripture says in New Living Translation, he knew it was time to act. One translation says he saw them and acknowledged them and recognized the obligation that he had to act because of his promise. God acknowledges that he's, 
He has an obligation to help you. He's already given his word. If you cry out to him, he's going to help you. He knows when to fulfill his promise. He knows when to act on his word. And he will take action. How many of you know that God does move? How many of you in this house have had, and this is the time to raise your hands. How many of you in this house have had a prayer answered? Raise your hand. Be honest. And if every hand in this house does not go up, I'm going to ground you. From what can I get? Can I, do I have that authority? No sodas for you this week, right? Some of you need to take a break from those anyway. That's too many every day. Just been talking to people about that, right? Somebody's smiling over there. I see you. 12 a day is too many. Start, start working down to one soda a day so God can move in your health. All right? So number three today is God hears, God remembers, and God moves. Scripture says that when you pray, he hears you. Jesus said, look at this. Jesus said, many have not because they've, they didn't ask. I had a guy tell me years ago, this is 20-something years ago, he was not a spiritual man. I worked with this guy. He told me, he looked me in the eye, and he used to tell me, he used to call me Mateo. That's my name in Espanol. He looked at me and he said, Mateo, you'd be surprised what you get if you ask. There were times I'm like, I'm not asking him that. He's like, just ask him. See what they say. I'm not asking that. Just ask. You go and ask her all. Okay. What? Really? What time? Tomorrow morning. Okay, I'm there. Yes. You'd be surprised what you get if you ask. So ask God according to his will. And sometimes we do ask amiss, Scripture says. We just ask crazy stuff, right? I mean, God doesn't have any needs, but he wants to take care of your needs. He wants to take care of your needs. Now, we, I remember years ago, a guy said, you know, I need God to move on my behalf. I gave an offering today. I said, what are you believing for? He said, it's red and it goes fast. He was believing God for a Lamborghini. I'll never forget that. True story. I didn't make that up. Those are the best is the true stories. He never got a Lamborghini. But, I mean, if you really think you need that, I'm sure you could talk that over with God if that's your only means of transportation. doesn't make much sense around here. Can you imagine? Going through a school zone in a Lamborghini, 20 miles an hour. Right here. But ask. Someone say ask. Mm -hmm. And in asking, did you know that you can start to speak to mountains? Jesus said that. You can start to speak to things and speak in faith and say, I need you to be moved out of the way some of you have been believing for a long time for a new house this is your year some have been believing for a new vehicle you say is that important should we talk about that at church scripture says my god shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in christ jesus some of you say man i've been praying for the right man okay that's next some of you have been saying i've been praying for the right whoa man that's next. I just wanted to, to go with man and woman, you know. That's next. Scripture says it is not good for man to be alone. Did you know that? It's not good for humans to be alone unless they want to be. And some of y'all are like, I ain't doing that again. I got Jesus. I got my kids. I'm good. Then praise God. That's okay. I understand that. I totally, 
I can see that. But look, if you're believing God for a husband or wife, that's in your future. If God can create the earth, that means he already has the right person created to spend the rest of your life with. I don't know who needed to hear that today, but God moves in every way. God hears you. He wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. God's not out to get you. That's the message for those that love God, like yourselves, who have accepted Jesus. That's the message for you. What's the message for the world? Repent or receive God's judgment at some point. That's what Scripture says. Say, man, that's a harsh, me- harsh message, Pastor Matt. Not really. It's God's Word. And God deals with us, but I'm telling you, if people do not repent, there will be some dealings going on in the future, and you're going to see it. Is this the end of the world now? No, but you know what I do believe? I believe it's the beginning of the end. I don't know what that means or how long that's going to be. I'm not going to prophesy to you. I'm not going to try to prophesy to you either. Because I don't know. People are like, Jesus is coming. He showed me on this certain date. Well, we know that's off, right? Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. But it's the beginning of the end, so get ready. What does that mean for you? Well, when they neared the end in Egypt, the people of Israel, God said, In his word that he brought judgment on those who would not seek him, he protected his people. Those plagues did not fall on his people. And when they exited, they had all the wealth. He actually spoke to them and said, when he met Moses at the bush, I just read this yesterday, I think, the burning bush, he said, and by the way, I'm going to show myself as great, and you're going to do great miracles because of my power that rests on you. And tell the people to ask their neighbors for gold and silver before they leave Egypt. What? I don't know if we're going to care to do that because you can't take it to heaven. But I mean, before Jesus comes, I don't know, you might. Say, hey man, can I borrow your Lamborghini and your gold watch? You can have it when I get raptured. When I go to heaven, you can have it back. But I just want to use it for a little. I don't know. But I do know that God took care of his people in the Old Testament and brought them out of Egypt and said, you will no longer be under these taskmasters. You will serve me. I want you to leave Egypt so you can serve me. That's why God called you out of the world, so you can serve him, not so you can keep the world in you. I don't know what it is about modern believers. Modern believers say, I just, I want to look and act just like the world. Why? They're failing. They're miserable. They take pills to sleep and wake up and eat and everything else. Everything is a fix for the next high. I don't want that. I want what God has because his will is best. There was a show, I don't know if it was in the 50s or 60s, it was black and white, so it was a long time ago. And the name of it was Father Knows Best. And your father knows best. And I know it's hard to pray God's will sometimes, huh? Why? Because our will gets in the way, doesn't it? You ever notice that? Like, but I think I know what's best for me. You, trust me, miho. You don't. You don't. You don't know what's best for you. Unless God's showing you, we pray for crazy stuff. We pray, I, example, and I'm going to start to wind this up, because God wants to move on your behalf, but he wants to put you in the right relationships. He wants to answer his will for your life. He wants to put you in a place that lets you fulfill his call. I had an uncle, must have been 40-something years ago, and they were going to dad's church, and my aunt-to-be, she began to fast and pray. It sounds to me like Christian witchcraft to me. Fast and pray for my uncle to marry her. That just seems strange to me. 
He's going to bend his will. Well, it worked. My mom warned them, and they got mad at her for years, but she was right. My uncle married that lady. She cheated on him, broke his heart, about ruined his life. They have three kids who struggle to this day. It all started with wrong relationship. You say, man, can God patch that up? Can God? Oh, yeah, God is a God of restoration, but that was unnecessary, wasn't it? And I love my cousins. God bless them. I'm glad they're alive. But my mom said, she told, I almost called my uncle by his name, but she, my mom said, don't do it. We know their family. Don't do it. She's not the one for you. And they just about, if they could have cussed, they would have. But it was a Baptist church, so they just got mad for 40 years. <laughs> Which is so much better. <laughs> but 20 years in, guess what? Just about exactly 20 years in, she started cheating on him. And she didn't respect him. Why? Because that wasn't God's will for her either. And she got him through manipulation. Fasting and praying that he would marry her. Can you imagine? If I had found out that my wife had did that, I would have ran. Or if she found out, can you imagine? Hey, I'm praying that you like me now. And you, you, you guys saw my wife and you saw me, right? You saw my wife and you saw me, right? I got game. I'm just that's not a compliment to me, really, but no, she, it's God's will for me, though. And we didn't have to force it and pray weird prayers. Can you imagine God give, her, give this one to me? What? What if that's not God's will? He may be full of the devil. He might be the Antichrist. That's from a movie. But anyway, he's not. He's too dumb to be the Antichrist. Don't be praying that he's God's will if he's not. Mm-mm. God hears. Someone say, God hears. Someone say, God remembers. And someone say, God moves. And you know what moves God? Your faith. Thank you very much. You know what moves God? Your faith. Every time. And it doesn't always happen when you want it to. But like the old song we used to sing in here, he'll be here right on time. May not come when you want it, but he'll be here right on time time. God hears, God remembers, God moves, especially for you because you are his people. We pray that you feel God's love today. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to be thinking for a moment. This first prayer is for two different types of folks. There's folks who have not accepted Jesus. They've never made him the Lord of their life. They've never made him the Lord of their life. So Without God in your life, through Jesus, you can't even have true peace. can't have true victory. It's just a struggle. It's a struggle otherwise. But Scripture says, in Christ, we go from glory to glory and faith to faith. What is glory? Oh, man, victory and honor over and over again. You win because God is the ultimate winner of all time. You win in so many ways, in so many aspects. So this first prayer is for those who have never accepted Jesus and then for those who need to recommit their lives, okay? So I'm going to start for those who have never, ever accepted Jesus. You've never raised your hand at church. You've never gone up to accept Jesus. You've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. I want you to raise your hand today. Be thinking about this on the live stream as well. This is for you too. Anybody in this house, you say, man, I want to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand? 
I'm going to make sure I'm the only one looking right now. We'll make sure you're right with God. Okay. Everybody in here has accepted Jesus. Now I want everybody to look at me. I want everybody to look at me, and this is going to take courage. If you need to recommit your life to God, I want you to raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you for your courage. God bless you. You say, no, I need to do it again. I've been struggling. You're still his people, all right? So I want you to stand to your feet this morning with me and raise your hands, everybody in the house. We're going to unite our faith, and I want you to repeat this prayer. This is for everybody. Just repeat this prayer, but especially for those who want to recommit their lives. Close your eyes and lift your hands toward heaven. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. 1 John chapter 1 says that if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I am right with you, God, by faith because of your goodness and your forgiveness. I can't do it without you, Lord. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, everybody looking at me again, if there was something in that message that you believe was for you, you don't, this is not one of those things where I'm going to force everybody to raise their hand, okay? That was me messing with you earlier. But if you say there was something in that message where I know God was speaking to my heart, I want you to raise your hand today because I want to pray for you. It's a special prayer, too. God was speaking to your heart. Guess what? My hand's up too. Man, he spoke to me so much today during the honor and privilege of speaking to his people. So everybody in the house, raise your hands again. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you are the unchanging God. Because you are unchanging, we are not destroyed. You don't change your mind about us, God. I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone in this house for protection and wisdom, God, according to your word, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Those are big words. But God, because of Jesus, we're made right with you. We're made wise by the power of God. And we've been bought back. We're part of your kingdom and your family because of Jesus. And we've been made holy and righteous. Now, Father, I thank you that your word fell on good ground today. And I thank you, Lord God that it's going to grow into something great. This seed has been sown. It's going to add to what the people have. It's going to fill in where they did not have, and, Lord, it's going to grow into something great. And your people today, as your children, God, they're real, realizing and recognizing the power and importance of knowing that they belong. Ephesians chapter 1 says, We are accepted in the Beloved. No matter your past, no matter the abuse, no matter what. I'm not saying that wasn't important because that's part of your story. That's part of your testimony. But no matter what happened to you, God loves you and he forgives you. You are his. God would say to you this morning, you are mine. I'll never forget. If he was standing right here, he would say, son, daughter, I've always been with you even when you rejected me. He'd say, son, daughter, I've always held on to you even though you didn't want me sometimes. But I knew your time would come and you'd want me back in your life. And God would say to you if he was standing here, I've got it all figured out. You don't have to figure it all out. He'd say, relax. He'd say, come unto me, all you who are weary 
and heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest and peace for your souls. Because he's the faithful God. He's your father. No matter what your earthly father did, your heavenly father will not fail you. He will not fail you. We praise you, God. I thank you for your hand of blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Those here in this auditorium may smile upon you and be gracious to you, may give you of his favor and of his perfect peace, may reveal himself to you in his word and through his word, may put you in right relationships. I pray that he would break wrong relationships in your life if you would let him, because he's not going to violate your will. Your best days are ahead. Tomorrow is the beginning of all that God has for you that is the best. We thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen.